Today, as you may have noticed, we're celebrating the Sunday when everything is pink. We have the pink candle, a little bit of pink on the vestments, and many of you are wearing pink. And just to make a clarification, this is not the Sunday that the church celebrates the fight against breast cancer. This is called Gaudete Sunday, as you heard at the beginning of Mass. Gaudete, which means rejoice, be joyful. We have all the other Advent candles, which are a violet, a purple, a dark color, as we're waiting for Christ's coming. But the third Sunday, the readings, the psalm, the second reading, all speak about rejoicing. I rejoice heartily in the Lord, from the first reading, the book of the prophet Isaiah. The responsorial psalm, my soul rejoices in my God. And from the second reading, brothers and sisters, rejoice always. And I don't know how many of you know, but the Advent wreath is full of symbolism. The reason it's made of evergreens is that the evergreen is the only tree that does not die during the cold of winter. It's a symbol of God's undying love for us. Evergreen never dies. And then you'll see there's holly berries mixed into the Advent wreath. And it's not just for coloring. There's a symbol there that the holly leaf is a thorny leaf. The points of the holly leaf finish almost in thorns. And it's a symbol of how in our life there are difficult moments, moments of suffering. Then normally as well, there's mixed into the Advent wreath laurel leaves. Laurel leaves, which were used in the crowning of an athlete, a victory symbolizes those moments in our life when we're victorious and symbolizes also the victory of Christ. Now the third candle, the pink candle, symbolizes joy. Now it can be kind of confusing because we say, okay, wait a minute. The church, on top of telling us what we should do, the Ten Commandments, etc., etc. We get to the third Sunday and the church tells us that we must be joyful. How can that be? How can someone tell me, be happy, be joyful? You can't. You can't tell someone, be joyful, and they'll be joyful. Joy is a consequence of something else. So today, as we read in the readings, the first, the psalm, the second reading, again and again is saying, brothers and sisters, rejoice always. And we ask ourselves, how? Why? Why should I rejoice? How can I rejoice? How can you tell me rejoice? And that's where we can turn to the gospel today. The only reading which does not mention rejoice. 
And that's because the gospel of today, in a certain sense, is the key to how we can be joyful. Why we should rejoice. And what do we read in the gospel? We read about John the Baptist. And it's so easy, I think, we all fall into this, that we read the gospel readings, and it's easy to read them from a distance and say, well, that's a nice story about John the Baptist. And it's very comfortable to keep these things at a distance and say that happened many years ago, and that's interesting. And that's pretty much where the readings finish. But if we put ourselves into the gospel, if we take the place of one of the protagonists in the gospel, the gospel passage comes alive. If we take the place of John the Baptist, what's going on here? We have John the Baptist who is acquiring a tremendous amount of fame, so much so that the, the chief priests and Levites from Jerusalem, the capital city, send out emissaries and they ask him, Who are you? Who are you? Are you Elijah? Are you the prophet? Now, they're not just making rhetorical questions. These are very specific questions. Elijah was predicted to come during the time of the Messiah. The prophet that they are asking him if he's this prophet was foretold by Moses, the greatest figure in Jewish history said, a prophet will come and set everything aright. These priests and Levites were asking John the Baptist, are you the Messiah? They were ready to believe him. He had hundreds, if not thousands of people coming to him to be baptized. All of Jerusalem, the whole surrounding area, was flocking to John the Baptist. And all he had to do was to say, yes, I am. And he would have had all that fame, all that glory. How many times in our life are we tempted in the same way? Are we tempted to take credit for something that we're not? And the question here that's important, and I ask you today is, who are you? And it's a question that's asked if we read into the gospel, in the presence of Jesus Christ. John the Baptist was baptizing and Jesus Christ was present, waiting to be baptized. Ask myself the question in front of Jesus Christ, who am I really? Who am I in front of Christ? Do I recognize him as the source of everything? Do I recognize his tremendous love for me? His never dying love for me, which the evergreens symbolize? Is Jesus Christ, as it says in the first line of the gospel, he came to testify to the light? Jesus Christ is the light. And what is the light help us do? If we walk into a room and we're completely in the dark, we have no idea what's inside the room. We can stumble over a box, run into a chair, 
stub our toe against a table until we turn on that light switch. And then we see things as they really are. We're able to see reality. And if we place ourselves in the presence of Jesus Christ, in the presence of God, that's what he does. That's why he's called the light. I came to testify to the light, the one who makes me see things as they really are. See that I am just a creature. See that my life will have an end on this earth. He enables me to see things as they really are. To see the tremendous love of God for me. In order for a person to rejoice, he has to feel himself loved. Today, Gaudete Sunday, we celebrate joy. The church isn't telling us, be joyful, be happy. The church is saying, you should, at this moment in our Advent preparation, feel joy, experience happiness because of the great God that loves you. That's why we read in the Gospel this passage of John the Baptist. Do I know who I am? Do I realize in the light of Jesus Christ that I am loved by him? Do I recognize the one, as John the Baptist puts it, there is one among you whom you do not recognize? Do I recognize the God that comes down on the altar in the form of bread? Do I recognize that Christmas happens every day in every Mass? What love on the part of God. What love on the part of God to become bread in order to be with me. What love on the part of God to wait day after day in the tabernacle so that when I need him most, I can visit him. That's a true friend. And I think it's not until I experience that love for God will I then truly experience joy? Will I truly experience happiness? And then, and only then in my life, will I experience, yes, the suffering in my Advent wreath, I will experience the victories, yes, in my Advent wreath. But I will have very present that third pink candle. There will be joy. Joy in my life.